Titanic Times. Another podcast from the Frantics. The oh, you best, started already. The best of Frantic Times. That's right. Yes, no, I've taken a page from Mark Maron. Turn on the microphone. We and just, just start go. Ta- we just start talking. Unfortunately, I'm not talking to Tom Petty or, or Jerry Seinfeld. I'm talking to you. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, too. Well, I'd rather talk to Mark Maron. Yeah, that'd be a good one. It would be good. I'm Paul Chatto. I'm Peter Wildman. And who are we missing? Dan Redican. And Peter, uh, no, sorry, <laughs> Rick Green. And Rick Green. No, I am here. <laughs> I'm already missing you, You Peter. are. Yeah, well, there you go. That happens. Um, and we are the Frantics, and uh, Paul, explain to the people, the good listeners, what, what this is all about. So what we're doing here is uh, doing the best of Frantic Times, which was a radio show back in the 80s. We did about 120 shows, and now we're distilling them down into a bunch of podcasts, and, and we're... Um, Delivering them to you now. Uh, we're starting with a sketch called "Woman in Space." Oh, and and why don't you? You should you now that you've hooked us all okay. with that emotional well, outburst there. Well, because these a lot of all our sketches came from the '80s. Uh, some of them don't quite work right now, but because it was so funny, we kept it in. Uh, yes, it was a bit sexist. Yes. That's so uh, with that, we apologize, but uh, there are some pretty good lines in here. So uh, actually, we did this on the TV show as well, I believe. Yes, ah, and they took it out of the show because of the uh, the crash. They exploded. Yes, the uh, the Challenger. Uh, yeah, the no, Challenger. Challenger. Yeah, the Challenger yes. blew up uh, just as this that episode was going to air, and they decided not to have a a challenge a, a space shuttle related sketch, which I kind of understood. Fine, woman in space with the Frantics. Welcome to the best of Frantic times. Houston, this is Space Shuttle Columbia. Telemetry indicates launch and orbital insertion. We're right on the mark. Roger, Space Shuttle, we copy. Don, the TV people would like to know how your co-pilot feels about being the first American woman in space. Over. Well, Marcy? Houston, it feels just fine. I hope Don and I can each take care of our own duties and make this mission a real success. Amen. Roger, Marcy. Your first roll pitch maneuvers in 30 minutes. Rest and avoid strenuous activity. Over and out. Over and out. First woman in space. This calls for a celebration. They said no strenuous activity. Oh, right. Well, we might as well unstrap. Thanks, Don. I can handle my own. Would you like a drink? We're supposed to restrict liquid intake for the first six orbits until the YPR test firing. All right, all right. May as well take off our suits and get comfortable. Nice try, Don. <laughs> it's a scheduled part of this rest break. Uh, check your flight plan, Marcy. All right. Well, I'll keep mine on. Is there something wrong? Look, Don, I've heard all the talk, all the snide remarks from everyone on the Cape. Are you going to blast her boosters? Make sure you use a heat shield. Pretend you run out of gas in a remote part of the solar system. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I get it. Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) Hey, look, I, I never made those remarks. Everyone else on the planet did. One small step for a man, one giant leap onto womankind. I've always respected you as a co-pilot, that's all. Look, Don, admit it. You want to try for a quick re-entry. <laughs> Zero G or me, well, just forget it. Marcy, the idea never crossed my mind. Too worried about the mission, I suppose. No, I'm gay. What? I'm gay. All male astronauts are gay. LAUGHTER 
All, all of them? Yeah, we're more creative, and we look good in white. But you all have wives. <laughs> so? Actually, with our haircuts, I'm surprised no one guessed earlier. Uh, check the cargo status door board, would you please, Marcy? Uh, what, um, uh, negative. So why didn't NASA admit the astronauts were gay? Oh, every guy in the Air Force would sign up. God, and all this time I thought you wanted to link up with me. Nope, our airlocks are incompatible. Wrong fuel mixture, I guess. You don't find me attractive? Nope, nope. Moon looks better. I know, I've touched it. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'm so, no, no, nothing personal. You just don't turn me on. Not even if I loosen my pressure suit? No, sorry. What if I take it right off? Hmm? Oh, no. Uh, check the remote manipulator battery coupling. What if I slip out of my thermal layer? Hmm? No, no, Marcy. Look, we have to drain the pressure. What if I undo my inner radiation suit? And, and, and no. What if I just wear my medical monitors? Just kidding! Give a man a fish, and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he'll say, What's with all the fish? Don't you have any chicken? And maybe I don't want to be a fisherman. Did you ever think of that? And on that note, let's return to the best of frantic times and the frantics. Spring in the Maritimes is always heralded by the arrival of the great eastern seal hunter. The warm, balmy weather brings the fattened seal hunter out of his long winter hibernation. Hold the boat up here. I think I see one. Oh, hand me that towel. Distinguishing marks of the seal hunter include yellow teeth, long sideburns, drab plumage, and a distinctive cry. Ow! Hit the seal, not me. Sorry. The only natural enemies of the great eastern seal hunter are the bleeding heart hippie and the red-breasted bardot. Still, this hardy predator continues to thrive. Now use your knife. Oh, not on me. My thunder and Jesus. For more information on the seal hunter, the passenger pigeon, or the dodo, write to the Department for the Prevention of Wildlife, Ottawa. anywhere, Cornell. Oh, broke again, eh? Well, it's not fair that you pay for everything. Let's go Dutch for a change. Cornell, I'd like to talk... We can put on wooden shoes, stick our fingers in a dike. Cornell, Cornell, I just want to talk. Oh, yeah, I just want to talk. I've heard that one before. What kind of boy do you think I am? Small, medium, or ouch, that hurts. Oh, everything is a joke with you, Cornell. That's not true, Mary. Rubber tubing isn't a joke with me. Not yet. Cornell, I don't know you. Why do you let me put my hand on your breast? Talk about sleazy. <laughs> Let's talk about sleazy. Well, I can't take it any longer. I can't make it any shorter. I can't stand it anymore. Oh, don't, don't underestimate yourself. I, I think you could stand it for a lifetime. That's why I bought you this. <gasps> what? A box? Oh, Cornell. Cornell, the answer is yes. And the question is paper snakes. Oh, you're a child, Quinnell. Yes, but I'm, I'm our child. 
We've got to stay together for my sake. You've never said a serious word. Entropy. Canel, Canel, what are you like when you're alone? Oh, less formal. And my timing is better because I'm not interrupted all the time. Well, that's it. That's it. Stop here. Why? I'm walking home. Hey, Mary, uh, you can't go home on this road alone. You're going to frighten the wildlife. Mary, wait! So you can make another joke? No, no, Mary, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Mind you, so is Legionnaire's disease. That's it! No, no, don't, don't go. I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't help joking all don't the time. Don't tease me, Quinnell. I, I, I won't tease you. I, I've never opened up to you. I've never opened up to anyone because I'm scared you'd laugh at me. Why would I laugh at you? I don't know. I, I just get frightened, that's all. Of what? Of life, of emptiness. Loneliness. Death. You're not going to die, Quinnell. No, we all die sometimes. I just want to promise you that I'm never going to joke with you again, Mary. I, I love you too much for that. You do? Oh, Quinnell, I love you too. I'm so glad we had this little talk. Me too. There's so little time in life to talk. Well, no, now my treat for a movie. No, no. That's just a meaningless distraction from life's real challenges. Do you believe in determinism, or do people create their own meaning in this life? I, I don't know, Quinnell. Let's go dancing. Oh, what's the point? Does any physical endeavor have more than transient significance? Well, who cares? I do. Well, Quinnell, you can't spend your whole life being serious. Plato did. Well, for God's sakes, Quinnell, make a joke. No, I've, I've outgrown jokes. Let's relive prenatal traumas. <laughs> I remember crying in a void for a mother who never came. Oh, This is worse than ever. I can't take this. I know what you mean, Mary. The universe is so unyielding. Oh, you're not the Quinnell I love. I'm walking home. Mary, Mary, don't leave me. Oh, I'm sorry, Quinnell. No, I I need your weight on these icy roads. Are you serious? No, it's just I look silly necking with myself at the movies. Oh, stay, Mary. I've got a strong stomach. Oh, Quinnell. Quinnell, don't ever change. All right, but don't complain about the smell. Sure, I've got the shotgun all picked out. We'll have a little baby. No, let's have a big one. They do housework. Oh, Quinnell, I love you. So do I, Mary. So do I. You're listening to the best of the frantics. Best of the frantics. Right here on Frantic I'd like to dedicate this evening's show to the military. Left, right, left, right, come here, hop! All right, men, rifle practice at 0300, dismissed. Uh, uh, Private Horvath, can I speak with you? Sure, Sarge. Uh, Horvath, it's about that little problem of yours. Oh. I've been thinking about it. It's it's not the... Listen, Corporal, I just want you to know... That there's, there's nothing wrong with a, a soldier of your age finding, finding other soldiers, finding other, other men sexually attractive. You think so, Sarge? Well, nature is funny, son. I guess if you find yourself, well, like, physically attracted to your platoon, or, or even if you have a crush on me, like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. 
Gee, Sarge, I don't feel any attraction for you. What? I like girls. Why'd you join the army? Is it my hair? No, sir, I like girls. It's my outfit, the khaki, isn't no, it? No, sir, I like it's girls. It's the hair, I could die. Excuse me, young fella. Pardon me there. Is this streetcar seat here taken? Is anyone sitting here? Uh, no. No, this seat's free, is it? It's unoccupied, is yes, it? Yes, it is. And you, you wouldn't mind if I sat here, would you? Oh, fine. You wouldn't mind? Oh, thank you. Thanks. Ah. We don't have streetcars in Bala. <laughs> we barely have streets. You know. Have you ever been to Bala? No. I well, haven't. I have. I'm from Bala. Really? Yeah. Where are you from? Montreal? Sweden? Jakarta? Toronto. Toronto? Oh, you're from Toronto. Oh, you're a Torontonian, are you? A local boy. You're, you're born and raised right here. This is your hometown, is it? So yes, you're, you're yes. A... Oh, Toronto. I never guessed that you were from Toronto. I mean, you're not a cold, fat, stuck-up snob, are you? No, I'm not. Well, not fat anyways. <laughs> mind you, mind you, I'm not saying all Torontonians are like that. I wouldn't want to judge a whole city based on the vast majority. <laughs> oh, wouldn't want to do that, would no. you? You might say I'm a tourist. Oh. You might say that, yes. Yeah, you might say I'm a tourist. You might say that, you know. You might say I'm a tourist. You're a tourist. Well, you might say that, yeah. <laughs> I was a tourist at the zoo yesterday. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to be a tourist at the CN Tower today. Have you ever heard of the CN Tower? Uh, yes. It's a I large, have. thin thing, and it's gray. It's concrete. You know, it's sort of white yes, on the I top know. there. has a restaurant on it. It's quite large. Yes, you know? I know. I live in Toronto. I have seen it. Oh. Of course you've seen it. Yes. Everyone in Toronto must have seen the CN Tower. Except blind people. (laughs) Blind people haven't seen the CN Tower, have they? They haven't seen it, no. Mind you, they might have touched it. You know, cross-eyed people have seen it twice. I suppose so. Yeah, I guess that makes up for the blind people, you know. Yes, yes. Say, do you know which bus I changed to to get to the CN Tower? Uh, the Spadina Avenue bus. Oh, the Spadina Avenue bus. The bus on Spadina Avenue. So it's the yes. Avenue Spadina, the bus right on Spadina. Yes, That's, yes, it is. Oh, is, is it? Is it really? Y- yes, oh. it is. It is. Oh, I'm getting the hang of this city. Yeah. Could you tell me when we reach Spadina Avenue, young fellow? Oh, please, listen, I'm just trying to read my paper oh, here. Oh, well, um, fine, here. Don't let me interrupt you. I'll ask the driver. Yes, you do that. Why not? Why not? He's paid to call out the streets. And to drive. Y- yes. You know, no sense paying him just to call out the streets if he's not driving. You know, because then he just calls out the same street again and again because he's just sitting there. Yes. What's the no, point? Listen, I'm not interested in the damn streetcars, okay? You are from Toronto. Yes. Yes, and I don't want to be bothered with Babel while I'm going to work, okay? Where do you work? The zoo? I was at the zoo yesterday. No, I work at City Hall. Oh, City Hall. I've never seen City Hall. And, well, this is your I, stop here I've for never the CN seen Tower. C- this I is where I'd you want like to get off. I think I'd like to see CN Tower. Maybe I'll visit City Hall. I've never visited City Hall. Well, this is your stop. It's time to get off. Oh, you get well, off here. I don't think I will. I think I'll visit the City Hall first. How's that for fun? Yeah, fine, fine. Goodbye. Where are you going? I'm going to the safety of the CN Tower. What? Will you take the Spadina bus? Oh, civil servants take the day off just like that. Pardon me, miss. Do you know where I get off for City Hall? Uh, no. Well, it's about six stops. You can see it on this map I have right here. I knew a fella named Map in oh. the Army. He had a hernia, you know. Yes, he did. I remember his hernia. He just... 
All right, this is Best of Frantic Times. I'm Peter Wildman and here I'm with Paul Chado. Paul, Paul Chado with the deep voice today. Uh, coming up is uh, is a bit that the Frantics did during their first 13 episodes. We recorded at Yuck Yucks. Right, and initially we did political humor because that's what we thought the, would be good. And well, that's what CBC wanted because Correct. at the time Air Force was apparently leaving. Moving to TV. Moving on to television. And they never did, so we got out of the news business. So this was a character I played called Benvenue. Uh, and uh, I sing a song for Rennie Levesque. And uh, I'm not going to explain who Rennie Levesque is, and not either are you, Paul. No, not saying Because a word. if you're over 55, you're probably going to get this or enjoy it a little. If you're under, just hold that thought for one minute and 25 seconds, and then we'll be into another sketch. Ben Venu. Please give a warm welcome to the French Canadian folk singer, Ben Venu. <laughs> shall save you. The foul sulfur stench issues from yon cave. I hear you, great dragon. Come forward that I may slay you and rescue my fair Genevieve. Who said that? Tis I, Gawain, the greatest of the knights of the round table. Come Uh forth, monster. I'm not the monster. I'm his mum. can't come out. He's got the mumps. Take a hike. I shall not leave until I have rescued Genevieve. Smote your foul head up from your neck and placed it upon a pike. Tell you what. I'll give you a photo of him and you can put that on your pike and smote it. I'm coming in, serpent. No, 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 no. Wait, okay, hang on. I'm coming out. Don't get all mad and everything. Hey, say, where are you? You are as immense as the battlements of Camelot. Behold the massive jaw, the muscled tail, the smoke curling from yon scaly head. Behold the little wimp in the ten leisure suit. (laughs) Prepare to die, dragon! Good luck. 
much, shorty. I can cook you faster than a foil-wrapped potato. <laughs> jiffy bump, jiffy bump, the magic tree. Hey, you're still standing. I am protected by the enchanted armor of Merlin. Tricky bugger. I will not rest until all dragons are slaughtered. Why dragons? Why can't you just... Slash prices or something. <laughs> Dragons steal natons and terrorize villagers. That's not true. It's the villagers who terrorize me with their sultry voices and dirty fingernails. Is there someone out there? The voice of Genevieve issues from the dragon's cave. No, 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 that's just Mom again. Hey, Mom, keep it down or I'll bite your head off. <laughs> Come forward, fair Genevieve. The dragon shall not harm you. Oh, Gawain. Oh, a maiden. <laughs> How did you get in my cave? You abducted me, you deformity. That's it, I'm biting your head off. You wait! You shall not harm her, dragon. You have soiled her enough. Oh, no, no, good Gawain. My virtue is intact. Oh, thank goodness for that. Mm, don't thank heavens. Thank modern locksmithing techniques. <laughs> Prepare to die, beast! No, 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 no. Hey, hey, don't you see? It's a dragon tradition. I mean, I can't help being a dragon. I mean, fish gotta swim, birds gotta nest, dragons gotta force young girls to undress. I shall run you through with my lance. Oh, no you don't, up, up and away. Now you come down from the sky, you coward, and fight like a man. No, why don't you come up here and fight like a sparrow? <laughs> now you are only an easier target, dragon. I shall shoot you down with my crossbow. You try it, and I swear I'll land right on top of you. No, no. No, Gwen. Stay your hand for my sake. The dragon did me no harm. But my love... Listen to her, Gawain. Come on, listen to her. Your heart is great, my love. Yes, beast, you shall have your life this time. Come, Genevieve, follow me. We shall return to Camelot. I'll be right with you, Gawain. Oh. Thanks for covering for me, Jen. Oh, no problem. I'll tell him the lock broke off on the ride back to the castle. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> dragon. Yeah, and, and thanks for a terrific weekend. <laughs> oh, and Jen, uh, you know the Enchanted Pond? Yes. Well, if you just happen to be there next Thursday, who knows who might steal you away? Animal. <laughs> Here we go, another sketch from the Frantics Time Vault! Um, <laughs> I did all those myself. You Peter. did! I know. You did. Uh, this is another sketch from the first 13 episodes where we were doing a lot of news-related uh, sketches, and it features Rick Green and Dan Redican as um, news hosts, which was a popular way to do comedy at the time, and we moved away from that into more surreal stuff. So uh, it's called Frantic Times News. Um, some of it might be familiar to you people, and other bits will not. Harry Truman's dead! <laughs> That's right. So, um, take it away, Frantic Times News. Frantic Times goes to press. I'm Mike McMichaels. And I'm Huey P. Carp with these top stories. Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi revealed that he had a plan to assassinate top White House officials. The plan has been approved by Congress and is now before the Senate. <laughs> and now here's Huey P. Carp with this story. UEP Carp here with this story. <laughs> Statistics Canada has said that one in every ten students uses LSD. 
The other nine use pot, glue, and uppers. A new book about Elvis Presley says he enjoyed watching young girls wrestle in white cotton underwear. Who, who wouldn't? Pardon me? Well, who wouldn't? I mean, everybody would like to see young girls wrestle in white cotton underwear. Yeah, but he actually did it. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> Prime Minister Trudeau says... Well, bloody little, really. (laughs) And finally, authorities in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, say prisons are becoming so crowded, inmates are enjoying it. I'm Mike McMichaels. And UEP Carp, signing off. Don't ever let anyone tell you that business isn't a game. It is. It is. Come, come, sit around this card table, and I shall tell you a story. You see, business is a game, and the only way to be sure you've won that game is to achieve the impossible. A monopoly. I remember when I started out in the world of business. Even then, it was just a game. A race between myself and five of my closest friends. I'd grown up next door to the Parker boys, shot tiddlywinks with Hasbro, and I was going to be the best man at the wedding of Amanda and Bradley. We were all so eager when we started out, $1,500 in neat piles before us. It seemed like a lot. Mind you, this was back when the rent on Mediterranean was $8 a day. $8 a day. We vied to see who would be the first to build a real estate monopoly. It was Bradley who came the closest. It was Bradley who owned the railroads and Ventnor and St. Charles Place. But he did it all at the expense of the only woman he ever loved. Time was when Bradley used to give Amanda expensive presents. Nothing was too good for her. But after he bought Pacific Avenue, he changed. When Amanda visited him, he charged her rent. It was only $20, but still his own fiance. And then he built up a red light district on Kentucky Avenue. (laughs) Charging top dollar, a little soiree at one of his scarlet hotels could cost the gentry a cool $1,100 a throw. He was raking it in, taking over the whole town, but Bradley wasn't satisfied. He started dipping into the community chest. Yes, and he didn't care how obvious he was. Bank error in your favor, $25. You win a beauty contest. My God, who did he think he was fooling? By this time, all of us were falling before Bradley's hunger for acquisition. The Parker boys' utilities barely kept them afloat. Hasbro was holed up in a cheap dive on Baltic. (laughs) And me, well, I was conservative. You know, I stayed out of the high-rent districts and bought a few small properties. But the real loser was Amanda. Alone, lonely, and heartbroken. She started hitting the milk bottle. She got worse and worse until one day she wound up in jail. Poor thing, she went directly to jail. She didn't pass go. She didn't even collect 200 miserable dollars. What about Bradley? He laughed. He laughed. But if you think Bradley was the winner, you're wrong. People who play by Bradley's rules never win. He got cocky and overconfident. He took a chance, took a walk on the boardwalk, started living high at Park Place. He came back time and again until he'd blown most of his fortune, just spent it. And the rest, well, the rest went to luxury tax. (laughs) You see, I got the monopoly. 
That's the way it turned out. Bradley stormed from the room, penniless, broken, fuming. And Amanda stayed with me. She has been ever since. And we're pretty happy together. Poor Bradley. He never should have taken it all so seriously. After all, it's only a game. It's only a game. You're listening to the best of Frantic Times with the Frantics. Boy, they must be getting old by now, huh? Don't delay, get a checkup today. This is Dr. Phil Gibbles of Phil Gibbles Medical Warehouse. Telling you there's no better time than right now to come on out and have some surgery. Come on out to my medical warehouse for a bargain of a lifetime. The medical association is forcing us to close down. So we've made slash prices on pulmonary appendectomies, cryogenic retina detachments, and more. We'll take out tonsils, appendix, gallstones, tumors, and we're offering cash rebates on donated organs. Come on out, meet Tiger Williams of the Vancouver Canucks. Have him autograph your cast and we'll throw in the anesthetist free. If our anesthetist doesn't knock you out, our prices sure will. That's one week only. Phil Gibbles Medical Warehouse, just one mile south of Highway 10. Well, we're at the... Uh, so- <laughs> Okay, you talk. Who's talking? Who's talk? No, talk. go ahead. No, no, you. No, you go ahead. Okay, so uh, we're coming to the end of the show, and one of the things that we did fairly early on, we realized that we could write a song. And now, weren't? Didn't you feel like you were under pressure once it was decided that we would have a song yes, at the end of we every did, show? We did those thirteen episodes at Yuck Yucks, and I think we were able to drop in two or three songs. And our producer Dave Milligan said, "Hey, you know what's really neat? It's when you end those uh, end a show on a song. You should have a song every week." <laughs> And we had three songs, and we'd been playing them for four years. <laughs> so now we're looking at a song a week. So um, remember, uh, we got out the card table, and Dan sat us down and gave us a little lesson yes. in writing poetry and meter. I am. And we spent the we, we spent the afternoon writing dirty limericks, and uh, it was so much fun. And then we put the poems that we wrote to music, and. Uh, this is one of the poems, Dan, or one of the lyrics that Dan brought in called Teddy the Kielbasa. Um, and it's not even R-rated. It's not R-rated, no. Uh, and uh, it, uh, we, we started uh, songwriting. So uh, here's one of our early efforts, Teddy the Kielbasa. Hey, gang, why you looking so glum? Don't you know who's in the neighborhood? Is he friendly? He's the friendliest. Is he funny? He's the funniest. Is he a sausage? He's the sausagiest. It's Teddy the Kielbasa! Teddy, Teddy, the Kielbasa. He's our favorite luncheon meat. Oh, Teddy, Teddy, the Kielbasa. He's a pal too neat to eat. Everyone knows his name. Teddy, stop to say how do you do. Hello. Teddy is always game. He asks, how are you? Oh, Teddy, Teddy, the kielbasa. He's the one with the pungent smell. Oh, Teddy, Teddy, the kielbasa. No other sausages half as swell. Teddy's a friend of mine. Nitrites and hooves and tallow. Wrapped up in intestine. Why, what a handsome fellow. He's so mellow. Teddy, Teddy, he's the chief. He's better than chicken or cold roast beef. The one to call when you're feeling blue Cause Teddy is steady and ready to chew Oh, Teddy, Teddy, the kielbasa All the ladies think he's so sweet Oh, Teddy, Teddy, the kielbasa Such a masculine hunk of meat Whether you're poor or rich Teddy just doesn't know He can't tell which is which 
You see, he's just ground meat, so he's kind of slow. Teddy, the best friend we got with chemicals, so he won't rot. He's rank and friendly, soft and brown. No, Teddy would never, never let you down. Teddy! And so our podcast comes to a close. There's that music, Paul. Oh, right. I remember it. Pay attention. I'm sorry. This has been the best of Frantic Times, written and performed by the Frantics and their Paul Chatham, mm-hmm. Rick Green, Woo. Dan Redican, <laughs> Peter Wildman, <laughs> with special appearances by Maggie Butterfield, Meg Ruffman, and Carolyn Scott. Love them all. Special thanks to Kathy Perry and Dave Milligan. Find us at thefrantics.com. I just sniffed. I got a bit of a cold. Screw that. The Best of Frantic Times was produced by Derek Wellsman. Boot to the head! <laughs>